celebrating the sounds of Memphis for 21 years, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Bill Street Caravan is provided by the AutoZone Corporation. AutoZone, parts are just part of what we do. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. This week on Bill Street Caravan, we feature big legal mess recording artist Robert Finley. Bill Street Caravan contributor William Lee Ellis will also be joining us to discuss the deep connections between religion and the blues. That's all coming up right now on Bill Street Caravan. Age don't mean a thing, Pat. I totally agree. It's the title of Robert Finley's debut recording on Big Legal Mess Records, and it's quite fitting. Robert is a 63-year-old. That's right, he made his debut record at 63, and it might be the best blues soul record of the year. It's that good. And to think, just a few short months ago, no one knew who he was. Robert joins us in the second half of the show, and we'll let him tell his own completely amazing story. No one tells it quite like Robert. But we'll share this one remarkable bit. Robert was discovered by our friend Tim Duffy from the Music Makers Relief Foundation at last year's King Biscuit Festival. Just down the road from Memphis in the Delta town of Helena, Arkansas. Robert was there with friends to catch some blues music and soak up the atmosphere. And he started thinking, you know, I'm as good as all these acts. I could do this. So he walked up to the stage and said, hey, let me get up there and play. Well, they said no, but Robert was persistent and he went at it all day. Finally, right before the headliner went on, the sound guy said, you know, it's gonna take us 15 minutes to change over between the bands. If you wanna play, now's your chance. You got 15 minutes. Like something out of a movie, the crowd went wild and a new star was born in the blues world. Here's Robert Finley, live on Beale Street Caravan. Robert Finley, y'all, come on.
I got a problem, y'all. I got a snake crawling in my grave. And I can't catch him. He's just a little bit too fast. But I know the snake crawling in my grave. And I can't catch him. He's just a little bit too fast. I told my neighbor, I told my friend, try to help me stop that old snake from coming in. But once I told him what my baby was trying to do, don't you know my neighbor, he started trying to get into. Oh, something going on. And I know it ain't right But she's not satisfied Till my phone rang every night I got a snake Crawling in my grass And I can't catch him He's just a little bit too fast And I know it's a snake Crawling in my grass Just a little too fast. Now listen. The low down dirty snake, let me tell you what he do. He bites my old lady and he charms my children too. And even my baby won't tell me his name. What he doing to my family, y'all? It's a doggone crying shame. Whatever he's doing, he must be doing it right. Cause she won't go to bed till her phone rang every night. I got a snake crawling in my grave. And I can't catch him. It's just a little bit too fast But I know it's a snake Crawling in my grass And I can't catch him It's just a little too fast Laid home from work one night Trying to catch him in my home But by the time I made it back my girl and gone but I've never seen him but I can tell when he been there every time he come y'all he leaves such a funky smell oh something going on and I know it ain't right but she won't go to bed and that phone rang every night Crawling in my grave, and I can't catch him. It's just a little bit too fast. Dirty snake, crawling in my grave. One of these days, I'm gonna crawl. 
told my best friend, try to help me stop that old snake from coming in. But once I told him what my baby was trying to do, don't you know my neighbor, he started trying to get some too. Oh, I know something going on, and I know it ain't right. But she won't go to bed till my phone rang every night. Y'all, I got a snake crawling in my grass. And I can't catch him. He's just a little bit too fast. I'm gonna catch his ass. You're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan. Here's more from Robert Finley, live on Beale Street Caravan. Come on. 
That was Robert Finley, live on Bill Street Caravan. We'll be back with more music from Robert in just a few minutes. First, we're going to turn it over to Bill Street Caravan contributor William Lee Ellis as he explores the deep connections between religion and the blues. If the blues borrowed a good deal of emotion and delivery from African-American preaching, the church also took from the blues, thanks largely to the tenets of -of turn-of-the-century Pentecostalism. The appeal of Pentecostal faiths at that time reflected the migration patterns of a largely poor segment of American society, black and white, as they moved from the rural south to the urban north and west coast in hopes of creating new opportunities away from the hard-scrabble life that sharecropping largely offered. That an equally tough time waited in these new urban settings, where the institutions of communal support and stability were no longer available, was resolved in part by the promises of Pentecostalism, which emphasized an experiential, personalized relationship with God, one that reached out to those now cut off from the provincial foundations of faith and home. From 1906 to 1909, the three-year-long Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles ignited the movement nationally and inspired many ministers to recalibrate their calling. 
They included Bishop Charles H. Mason, a former Baptist minister who came away from the miracle at Azusa Street and turned his Memphis-based Church of God in Christ, which had formed a decade earlier out of the Holiness Movement, into the largest Pentecostal denomination in America. Taking the biblical view to literally make a joyful noise into the Lord, Kojic welcomed not only vocalists but instrumentalists into the faith, performers whose talents might have been censored, say, in a primitive Baptist service where instruments were not allowed. Yet a musician's talents could be reborn, so to speak, at Kojic, where instrumental skill, virtuosity, and rhythmic excitement were encouraged once put to the proper use of glorifying God. Given the church's endorsement of all manner of instruments, it's no surprise that Pentecostal music can sound very worldly at times, as in this example by Kojic star Arizona Drains, whose ragtime indebted piano work, not to mention string band backup by mandolin, is offset by the ecstatic praise and spirituality of her lyrics. Fulfilling the doctrine of getting happy for the Lord, here's the great Arizona Drains in God's Got a Crown. Pentecostal emphasis on personal communication with God can not only be heard in such Holy Ghost interventions as speaking in tongues, but in the euphoric, at times delirious delivery of a singer like Bessie Johnson, whose raspy, guttural vocal technique made her something of a sacred counterpart to Jasmine Louis Armstrong. Here, Johnson leads a group dubbed the Memphis Sanctified Singers, which blues fans should note features Memphis Jugman leader Will Shade on guitar. From 1929, he got better things for you. not for its religious text, a song such as Thou Carest Lord by the Holy Ghost Sanctified Singers could easily be mistaken for a jug band tune. In fact, the group, which features Will Shade yet again, sounds suspiciously like the Memphis jug band picking up an extra session in the city that Kojic and the Blues both built. Yeah. 
The same could be said of Memphis Flu by the energetic Elder Curry and Congregation, a rollicking 1930 toe-tapper about the 1918-1919 influenza outbreak, which, even with its words taken into account, has as much bluesy spirit as sanctified exhortation. By the 1930s, the blending of secular style with spiritual intent could be heard seemingly everywhere, none more so than in gospel music and quartet circles. Even a boogie-woogie giant such as Albert Ammons could fit right in backing the equally celebrated singer-guitarist Sister Rosetta Tharp, who hits every hot blues note available on her guitar fretboard in this fireball, if fidelity challenged, version of That's All, recorded at the landmark first concert of From Spirituals to Swing, December 23, 1938. This is William Lee Ellis for Beale Street Caravan. We want to remind our listeners you can find Beale Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Go to our website at BealeStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. You can also keep up with Beale Street Caravan via our podcast that's available through iTunes. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but stick around. There's a lot more music to come. You're listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Beale Street Caravan. AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, the Tennessee Arts Commission, 
Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and this week we're featuring Big Legal Mess Records recording artist Robert Finley as he celebrates the release of his debut effort, Age Don't Mean a Thing. Robert's story is just amazing, and we were able to sit down with him and hear it from the man himself. Here's what he had to say. Well, we just wasn't allowed to play it around the house. You know, we, my dad was real religious, so he didn't allow us to even play blues on the radio, more or less than trying to play it live. But uh, when you get a little older, you start making up your own mind on things. But we played it without him knowing it. When he was in the field plowing, we was listening to blues, and everybody was watching for him to come to the house. So, you know how kids do things. We, mm-hmm. uh, but it's something about it, the blues that I guess it got in my spirit, and I never could shake it. It's a lifetime thing. You really kind of came into your own as a musician by playing in uh, the Army bands overseas. Right. And you came back from the war, to back to rural Louisiana, and life simply didn't afford you the luxury nor the opportunities to continue right. pursuing music. So what did you come home to? Yeah, well, uh, my dad was a carpenter by trade. Uh, when when he was started off as a sharecropper, and he finally got a reputation as a carpenter. And I had learned to trade by helping him as a little boy. My uncle was an electrician, and so uh, I picked up a little bit about all of the trades, and it all kind of came back to me. I I could build, and I could I, I knew how to wire, but I didn't know how to read blueprints. So I used my military uh, training to go to school for blueprints. And once I learned to read the blueprints, then I was able to build anything. I went to school for drawing them so that I could learn how to read them. Once I learned that, I started my own little construction company in the neighborhood and it spread it abroad. Hmm. Not too many houses in my neighborhood that I hadn't stuck a nail in one way or the other. And so during this time period, like music was just a side thing. Yeah, I knew music was a hobby. Yeah, it was just something I could do on weekend. Then I got uh, playing for quartets and mm-hmm. different groups. But I basically stayed with the church in the community because there wasn't any clubs in the small town that could afford a band. Mm-hmm. So basically we taught each other how to play. We, you know, you learn a tune, you teach it to your friend. So how did this opportunity to reinvent, redefine yourself, how did this come about? Well, I lose my, started losing my sight, and I couldn't tell the difference between a three and an eight and stuff, and so I was declared legally blind. And instead of uh, having a pity party, I just went on and took an early retirement and decided I would further my music career. Uh, I started playing in some local clubs in Monroe, which is about an hour drive from where I live. And that got a pretty good start at it. Guys, you know, people came out and they liked it. So one of the guys that, uh, a very great friend of mine, Tom Hardy, uh, he had two restaurants and he kept me enough work to keep my lights on. And during the crawfish season, it's a blooming thing, but during once there's no crawfish, there's nothing for me to do. No people to play for. So he asked me, would I would I like to come to Helena, Arkansas with him to the King Business Festival? And he was like, man, you, they would love you up there. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, 
And he said, if you want to go, it ain't gonna cost you nothing. You just jump in my RV and go with me. And then he says, I got vendors out there. So you, you just walk the street and have fun and see what the other guys are doing. And maybe next year we can get you to play in a spot uh, downtown. And I said, well, okay. And when I got down there, it was so much going on. And I went to asking questions and I, I got kind of excited. And I took it on my own to walk the streets and ask questions. And um, finally, somebody pointed me in the right direction, say, talk to this guy over here, and he runs the stage. And when I went to the guy, I said, hey, man, uh, I know you don't know nothing about me, and I don't know nothing about you. I said, but I sure would like to rock this crowd. He said, what do you mean? I said, I like to jam up here. He said, well, who who are you? I said, well, I'm Robert Fenley. I'm from Bernice, Louisiana, a little small town. I said, but I know I can rock this crowd. I was determined. He says, well, do you need some help? Oh, you what you playing? I said, no. Nah. I said, I heard y'all was having a jam session. I said, but if you just let me play a solo act, I say, that'd be fine. I said, give me my five minutes of fame. So he told me, he said, I'll tell you what, man. He says, bold as you are, he said, I'm going to give you, he said, I'm not going to put you on a jam session. He said, but the jam session starts in about 30 minutes. He said, I will put you up before the jam session because that way you'll either be discovered or you'll be the laughing stock of the town. So uh, it was like my friend, 30 minutes later, he hears me on the stage. He knows my voice because I play in this club all the time. He's saying, how in the heck did this dude come in here and con his way up on this main stage? I'm on the biggest stage and I'm up here solo, but the people loved it. So they gave me a boost of spot where I could get out and, and uh, make me a few bucks. And I gained a, a big crowd there and made making two or three hundred dollars a day just out there busing. But then this finally this one guy, Tim from a music maker, came up and asked me about taking some did I mind if he takes some pictures? I said, No, I'll go right ahead, man. But he got right up in my face when taking pictures. I'm like, what's up with this dude? You know. But then I found out that he had this music maker foundation. When I took a break, he said, man, I got some people you need to talk to. If you talk to them, uh, we can help you get, get where you're trying to go. And the rest was pretty much history. Uh, two months later, I was in a recording studio with them. And then next thing I know, he had sent me over to Memphis to another recording studio. And here I am less than a year later. I've already been to Belgium. I'm on my way to Europe. I've been to New York. I've been to Los Angeles. And so it's like a childhood dream coming true. But it really wouldn't happen if it hadn't been for Music Maker Relief Foundation because they they really opened some doors up for me. And now, uh, I don't know. I guess the rest is history. Thank you for coming on the program. Here's more from Robert Finley, live on Beale Street Caravan.
Nobody else I just want to help 
on this side of heaven, and I'd be, I would feel less than right if I didn't turn the loose, turn the organ player loose on you for a little while. You're listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Here's more from Robert Finley, live on Bill Street Caravan. This is what we call a love offering. We've got church folks in here. Y'all know what to do. <laughs> Thank you so much, darling. Uh, hit it, man. And this is one of this is one of the most requested songs on my new CD. And I got, I got to just do it like I feel it. It might not sound just like it is on the album. Because, you see, I got so many damn problems, they couldn't put them on one record. 
So I only chance I get to be myself is when I'm out here being real with the people. You know, see the radios and the networks, they got so many minutes to say what to say. But look, I'm so glad that y'all stuck around to hear the whole story. Do y'all want to hear the whole story? I guess it's me again. I got more problems. You see. See, me and my woman, me and my wife, me and, I'm telling my, my, my business now. You want to know me? Let me, let, can I tell my story? Can I tell my story? I mean, the real story. I'm not under no contract now. I mean, we done did the first half of the show. Now I can be me. Can I just be real? So I want y'all to get to know the real Slim. Now this is my problem here. I got problems, y'all. You see me and my wife, we got three little girls. They're just as cute as they can be. But me and my woman, we got three little boys. And they all look just like me. Now don't get mad. When I first started out, me and that girl were just the best of friends. You know how you go out hanging out with your co-workers and but we found ourselves getting together. It was again and again. But this is what happened to me. Each time we stayed a little bit longer, the feeling kept growing stronger and stronger. I've done nothing wrong But once we got started I just couldn't leave her alone But is it possible To love two people At the same time Don't get mad But just listen to me is it possible to love two people? Or am I losing my mind? I'm trying to help somebody and help myself. This is what I did, y'all. I, I went to my doctor. I had the man to check out my heart. I'm telling you, tell the truth now. Slim, you're a lucky man, boy. All oh, this stuff is tearing you all apart. I got mad, I got my hat, left out the doctor's office, and I went to my psychiatrist. I laid back on the couch, I had the man to check out my head.
He said, Slim, you a lucky man, boy, that you ain't already dead. That's what he told me, y'all. This is what I did, y'all. I said, I said, I'm old enough to know the difference between right and wrong. But this thing in the street done got just as good as the one at home. Is it possible to love two people at the same time? I wish I had time to tell this whole story, y'all. But is it possible to love two people? Or am I losing my mind? This is what I did, y'all. I went to my wife and I sit down and I talked to her. I said, honey, I'm so sorry. But what I'm putting us through, I talked to my wife. But I said, but my kids in the street, baby, they need they daddy too. I'm old enough to know the difference between right and wrong. But I'm too involved right now to leave either one alone. But is it possible? I ain't trying to get y'all in trouble. I'm trying to give me some help. Y'all tell me, is it possible? You see, the reason why I'm telling you this, because I Cause I sung this in New York City and a lady jumped up and slapped her husband with a 40 ounce of Bud Light. I hate to see the bill go to waste. But look, here's the deal. You gotta think about this situation here. What if it was you? Wouldn't you need some help? Wouldn't you need somebody to tell you? I just want you to be real with me. If you think it's possible, now don't, don't raise your hand. Don't say amen if it's gonna cause you to have a problem when you get home. I'm just, I'm talking about you single people that, that knows it's possible. Now look, can I get real? Can I get real? Let me tell you what I said. The reason why I say this, look. An old man sit me down and he had a long talk with me. He was way old than I was. You know what he told me? He said, Slim, Boy, you trying to love two women. 
He say, I've been loving three. That's what the old man told me. But this is this is the solution. You know what he said? He said, all you got to do is treat them all right. Whatever one needs you, you got to be there to hold a tight. He said, no matter if you have to travel from coast to coast, make sure you're with the woman that needs your love the most. That was Robert Finley live on Bill Street Caravan. To find out more about Robert and his music, go to BigLegalMessRecords.com. You can also go to MusicMakers.org for info about Robert and to learn more about the amazing work that Tim Duffy and the Music Makers Relief Foundation does. Again, Robert's new record is called Age Don't Mean a Thing, and you can get it on vinyl through BigLegalMessRecords.com or at your local record store, or you can find it online digitally on iTunes. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, the Tennessee Arts Commission, Tennessee Tourism, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We'd like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You're just not going to find programming like this anywhere else. We want to remind our listeners that you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Do you love Memphis music? Tell us why and use hashtag IListenToMemphis. Or keep up with us on our podcast at iTunes. Visit our website at BillStreetCaravan.com to sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can find out where the caravan's going to be next. And if you can't meet us there, we'll be back right here next week, so we'll see you then. I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. You've been listening to the sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. (laughs) 